welcome to the Golden Rob Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news. And if you last a long way, I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connie. This week, we're discussing what we want to see from Generation 10, how to get spectator tickets for Worlds, the arrival of the long overdue compatibility update for Pokemon Home, and an update for regulation rules for competitive Pokemon. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. And here is my co-host, Connor. Why, hello there. How are we doing today, Ben? I'm not. I'm not too bad at all. It feels weird recording this on a on a Friday, so close to deadline day. I feel like I'm back at uni. <laughs> to be fair, if it was uni, I'd have been up all night, and I would now be yes. printing it out and trying to run up yeah. the hill. So, yes. Oh, I I was a nightmare for that. Like, literally, oh, there's an essay due in 24 hours' time. I guess I should probably start it about now and just end up staying up the entire night Yep, doing it. And I, I used to be able to... I, I knew I could do a thousand words in an hour, so as wow. long as I had that many hours left, I knew I could get it done. Right, okay. So I I did that in my first year of university. I was, I was adamant I'll do everything last minute. And then I, when I got the results at the end of the year, I, one of my essays had ten percent. Like that is what wow. I got for it. Like it was a law. It was for me law degree. I got ten percent on it. And what is worse is my uh, my housemate was also doing law. He's like, "Can I borrow yours because I'm stuck? I don't know what to do. I'm going to borrow yours and I'm going to completely tweak it. I just need an outline. Sure, fine, whatever. I'll help you out." He got thirty four percent. So I'm okay. not quite sure what happened there, but after the first year of university, kind of realized, ah, can't leave it till the last 24 hours. So I left it usually to the last 72 hours just to give me a little bit of leeway. <laughs> and my grades did improve. So there is a lesson to be learned there, but I'm not sure I did, in fact, learn it. See, now one of the worst ones I ever had was I left it until the very, very last minute. And as I said, I actually had to, I lived at the bottom of a hill and these are Welsh hills as well. So it's right. steep. Yeah. And I had to run up it to get my, because you submitted it online and then you had to submit a physical copy as well. Yeah. And I remember I was running up the hill and my trouser got stuck underneath my foot. And I was like, I, I literally haven't got time to stop and sort that out. So I just kept running and I <laughs> busted up my foot something awful. And in hindsight, I didn't save myself any time. I should have just no. fixed the problem. But I got it in. It was there. It was it was literally, I think, three minutes to deadline. Wow. Yeah. They mu- they must know. Like I like not all st- students get a bad rep. Okay. Hashtag they, not they, all they, students. Yeah, not all stu- not all students. Like there are some students who like work hard, dedicate themselves, and go, yeah, okay, right. I know what I want at the end of this. For some people that don't know what they want at the end of university, they just kind of muck about and put in the amount of work that they think will get them a degree at the end. And I did get a degree at the end, so you know, lesson learned. I got a two two, and I managed to get a job and a career and all that stuff. So nicely done. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Should we move on to the first piece of news this week? Let's do it. Let's get some uh, news in here. Which one do you want to talk about first? Should we do Pokemon Home? Let's do Pokemon Home. If you didn't know, Pokemon Home is now available and compatible with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It's been a long time coming. We had that false flag the other day. The last week we talked about it. But it is up and running now. There are some interesting things I want to talk about when it comes to Home, though. So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the fact that people were 
speculating that we might have backwards compatibility with things like Legends and uh, Generation 8, so Sword and Shield. Yes, we do. You, you can take your Pokemon from Scarlet and Violet. Anything that's available in Legends or within Sword and Shield, you can put it into Home and you can move it across. That works. That's the first time we've had that since we moved away from Bank. Yeah, yeah. And so, even Bank, even Bank didn't have true backwards compatibility. Once they were no? in Sun and Moon, they couldn't go back. Oh right! See, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you could transfer them between. So basically, every time you kind of push them forward a generation, you couldn't then push them back. Uh, so Auras and X and Y, you could bring them across to to one another. Um, but yeah, once they were into Sun and Moon, they were stuck in Sun and Moon. So there are some interesting caveats that have had to be made, uh, assuming to make this whole thing work. Um, moves are forgotten as soon as you go to Scarlet and Violet, mm-hmm. and your move set is replaced with whatever is the level up move set of that Pokemon. This maybe doesn't sound like that big of a deal to some people because Scarlet and Violet, you can get TMs and you can buy them really easily and have access to them. So you can put whatever moveset you want on there. However, there are event Pokemon with specific moves that are only available on those Pokemon from those events. They are not transferable into Scarlet and Violet. Well, the Pokemon are, but their moveset isn't. So there are, I can't think of a specific one off the top of my head. I think there's actually a Zero Aura available at the moment with a specific move that you're just not going to be able to have in Scarlet and Violet. Oh, okay, right. So the whole point of having these very specific Pokemon that you've traded up and held on to for all these years is now less. Yeah. it, It just doesn't seem as useful. So that's that's a bit of a shame. Um, other little ones is sizes do carry over from Legends. So if you have a small Voltorb in Legends, you can move it over and it'll be small in Scarlet and Violet. However, if you transfer it from Pokemon Go or Let's Go, those sizes are randomized. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're just they're just like, they're just randomized as soon as they get into Scarlet and Violet. Like like when you were saying the sizes thing. It, it kind of made sense why Pokemon Go is kind of pushed that. I was like, okay, I get now why Pokemon Go is pushed. Because for some people, there probably is a value in, you know, I've got the smallest Pokemon, I've got the largest Pokemon, and then going, I can bring that into the mainland games. Fantastic. Uh, why random? I don't I don't understand that, but that's Pokemon. What what else has changed in Pokemon? Uh, so this is, I this one's a little bit confusing, so I'm going to have to read it verbatim. The game no longer tracks abilities between the games. If you move a Pokemon to a different game and give it an ability capsule or ability patch, then that data only remains for that game. So if you move a Charmander with Blaze from Sword and Shield to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and use an ability patch to give it solar power, when you move it back to Sword and Shield or onto Scarlet Violet, it will have the ability Blaze. But if they then move it back to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, it will have solar power in that game. So uh, ability the- ability capsules and ability patches are game locked now. Yeah, like that that makes sense to me how it works. Like wh- how it works, that makes sense. 
why it works but that why, way, I have no idea. Why does it work that way? That's the question. I, that is really bizarre. And the only thing I can think of, of is it something to do with the data. Like, they, they're not as compatible as maybe they want us to think it is. And it it all this to me feels like it explains why it's taken so long to roll out the big update for Scarlet and Violet compatibility with Pokemon Home because it wasn't just compatibility with Scarlet and Violet. It feels like they've taken the time to go, okay, backwards compatibility and sideways compatibility. Like, let's figure out how to make it happen. But the reason it's taken so long is because it isn't as simple as making it happen because there's a lot of, yes, you can do that, but, oh, you can make it do that if you have this, like, you know, this caveat and that yep. feels like the reason it's taken so long is because every time they've tried to progress this and go, okay, we can make it do this, there's always been like, you know, that typical one step forward, two steps back. Standard. Yeah, which is which is how this feels. Also, you've got a note there about new Gimme Ghoul. New Gimme Ghoul, yeah. So the Gimme Ghoul from uh, Pokemon Go is transferable into Scarlet and Violet. Oh, that is interesting. I wonder how that Pokemon will work in battle do do we know anything about that yet or not uh not entirely sure yet i okay, haven't right. looked into it personally but there you go it is available there there okay. is a list on serby.net of all the pokemon that you can transfer in from pokemon go and uh this actually leads us nicely onto the new regulation for competitive because mm-hmm. this is where the issue lies um I will preface this. I'm not a competitive Pokemon player, but I do follow it. Um, Not very closely, but I do enjoy watching competitive Pokemon. There has been some stink with the new regulation, Regulation D, that got released very recently. This regulation rule set will run from July 1st, 2023 through September 30th, 2023. So that includes Worlds. And that's a big thing because Worlds is in August. That gives people a month to get used to this new set in time for Worlds. Uh, As the ability to use any Pokemon available in Scarlet and Violet, including Alola forms, Galarian forms, Hisuian forms, and sub-legendary Pokemon, restricted legendary Pokemon and mythical Pokemon are still banned, alongside Walking Weight and Iron Leaves. Pokemon can be used from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and transferred through Pokemon Home. So, doesn't sound like that big of a deal, right? Oh, I think I think I know where you're going with this. Go on, go on then. So, is it like, oh, you can use all these great Pokemon, but you have to funnel them through Pokemon Home? But the problem is, then abilities and moves could change. Okay, not not quite. Okay, there there there, there is something to be said about that. It's actually the fact that this is just not how competitive has worked up till now. So, the way competitive used to work is because you'd have a three year cycle. You would have a DEX format where basically the only Pokemon you could use in competitive was the Pokemon available in that new region. And then you would have a restricted format where you could bring over all these different Pokemon, but super duper box legendaries and stuff weren't allowed. And then you have unrestricted where basically every Pokemon's fair game unless it's a mythical. What this has effectively done is skip to the third format in the first year of Paldea. Now, what that means is 
we'll never get a Paldean Pachirisu story. So you know how Pachirisu won Worlds. Mm. It won it in a Pokedex-only format. So in Generation 4, it was it filled a niche within that very limited format with very much a much lower strength level basically across all the pokemon whereas now you're already going into the first worlds of paldea with uh things like do 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 cresselia is going to be available cresselia is going to be available and cresselia's always been amazing uh landerstherian is available landerstherian has always been amazing um you're going to have let's have a look uh, Zashin and Zamazenta. Mm, which are busted. Although, yeah. So, although they might be restricted. Do, 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 do. Give me a second. Restricted legendary Pokemon and mythicals. Okay, so not not Zashin and Zamazenta. If they're still restricted, that's fine. Okay. Um, but the point is, because you've got things like Landry's Theory, because you've got things like Cresselia, because you've got things like this new Ursaluna coming over with its guts ability and attack stat off the charts the average strength level of all these Pokemon has been boosted so high Mm. that you're not going to have these really niche picks that's going to allow smaller Pokemon to shine. Yeah, by letting, by opening up the floodgates and increasing the number of Pokemon, it means that though, like, some of the Gen 9 Pokemon, I guess, that managed to fill a niche because they didn't really have any competition don't get to do that anymore because for you know you can bring in stronger pokemon or pokemon that have a better moveset or ability that better suits your play style from previous generations i wonder why they've done this so here's my counter argument to my own point this is not being that interesting of a format anyway i think as soon as they added the treasures of ruin as soon as they added Paradox Pokemon, it's kind of all you've seen. Yeah. You know, the Chien Pao um, and Wu, Wu Tang, I think that's his name. Yeah. Ting Lu. Ting Lu's the big terrifying yeah. one. Uh, Wu Qian is the other one. Oh, no, Chi Yu. Nobody plays Wu Qian. Nobody plays Wu Qian. Um, you know, those, those three of those four Treasures of Ruin have seen massive amounts of play. You've seen massive amounts of play on things like Fluttermane, which has been ridiculous. And it's just not been all that interesting to watch. So I'm interested to see whether adding these new Pokemon in shifts the format. It'll have to, obviously, because that's how metas work. But how much is it going to upset it? Is, Is this too much power coming into the format or was there already enough power in this format anyway that this isn't actually going to make that much of a difference hmm this is all very interesting i it's going to be because i have watched a couple of the competitions Mm. and you do get to see a lot of the same pokemon like typically you know four out of six of every team are pretty much the same pokemon that you see you see like the same sets running with slight variations. It'd be interesting to see if this just, like, completely shifts the meta now, Mm. which it should do, and we get to see 
more unique teams coming through because I will say that is one of the disappointing things about when you watch these these competitions is you get so many of the same teams and you kind of know what you're you know, okay right you, you're starting with um uh, is it Tessagiri um the the little Tatsugiri and Tatsugiri. Dondo, yeah yeah and you're like oh I've seen this before it was great the first time but what what else can you see and you do get variations on that. Like I did see one where they, uh, I think uh, somebody poisoned their own um, Pokemon to, pre- yeah. Yeah, to prevent it from being burnt. So you do see some cool little variations, but by opening up the floodgates and throwing in all these Pokemon, hopefully now we get to see teams go against each other that aren't just mirror copies. And then it typically comes down to RNG mainly. So I'm, I'm from a spectator point of view, I think I enjoy this. From a player point of view, I can imagine it's a little bit frustrating. I can imagine it's very frustrating from a player point of view, knowing that, you know, everything you've learned up till now in Scarlet and Violet is going to be massively shaken up, yeah. and you're going to have a month to learn it before Worlds. Mm. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It, is- like, there's, it feels like it puts a lot of pressure on people that are competing. Because they've gone from, I knew what to expect, to, oh, okay, right. Especially maybe newer players that have only played a couple of generations and therefore don't know about a lot of the the past Pokemon because they haven't been in Gen 8 and Gen 9. So they haven't need to learn those Pokemon, what moves, what abilities, how they work with other Pokemon. So it is really going to be interesting to see how people respond to this. Yeah. As I say, from what I've heard, people aren't happy. At least competitive no. players aren't happy, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 see how this pans out in the long run. Okay, right. So, if I wanted to go to Worlds, uh huh, how would I get a ticket? So you can now register interest for Worlds <laughs> because to go to Worlds in Japan in Tokohama, I believe Yokohama. Mm-hmm. I lied. Um, you, they're they're running a lottery system. Okay. So, uh, control F on the right one. Here we go. So, the Pokemon Company have announced the spectator badge situation for Pokemon World Championships in Yokohama, Japan. This August will be done via lottery system starting today until June 7th. So, this was uh, yesterday as of, well, this was as of the 1st of June. So, from the 1st of June until June 7th. Oh, my God, you've only got a week to do this. You can register your interest for a spectator badge, and after that, those who are selected will be given a link to register their badges within 72 hours of getting the email. Each pass costs 2,000 yen, or about 20 pound, is what that Mm. kind of relates to, and can buy up to two badges at a time. That makes sense. That's kind of how they usually run it. It's a little bit more expensive than it was to go to the UK worlds, but I'm not going to be surprised if this doesn't go hard. Like, <laughs> Pokemon World Championships run in Japan, it's going to yeah. be huge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And they obviously expect it to be huge, which is why they're running this lottery system. I'm I'm happy with that, personally. Okay. Because it just, it just makes it fair for everybody. Because, like, there's nothing worse than, okay, right, so there's an event available, and you've got all the different 
tiers and whatnot and okay this tier is already sold out and oh that's the tier i could afford and i can't afford the higher tiers and don't get me wrong we live in a system where you know capitalism all that jazz i'm not going to go into like this just makes it fair for everybody i feel although there are limitations to it so i understand that now when i went to worlds last year it wasn't necessarily they don't do tier systems the price is set Mm, yeah um and it's they did a bunch of different releases so, you know, there was a 9 a.m. release, there was a midday release, there was a 3 p.m. release, and there was a 6 p.m. release kind of thing. Do I think that's better? I might. I might, I, I kind of think that might be yeah, better. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, it'd be really... It'd be unfortunate if... Oh, I don't know. Say we this, wanted this... to go... Say if we wanted to go as a group... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is this would this be is nearly a, impossible to organize. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I completely get both sides, and I think that they're in a difficult situation because there will be people, no matter which way you do it, that are going to lose out, and there are going to be people that benefit. Unfortunately, I don't think there is a right way. Yeah. It. it yeah. It's it's unfortunate. The only way I I could potentially see you doing it is going. Okay, we're going to sell them as normal, like they did for UK Worlds. You register your interest, and those that have registered their interest far enough in advance, they get the first block of tickets, almost. Of, okay, right, there's the first block is 1,000 tickets, and we've got you know, you know, 2,000 people that have registered their interest, because not all of them are probably going to buy it. Okay, you get first dibs, because obviously, because you registered your interest, you're probably really excited to go where you really want to go, and you can buy your tickets, and you've got 48 hours, 72 hours, and then after that, it's like, okay, right, we'll open it up to just general public. Maybe that's the way that they do it. I, I don't sure. know. I, I, like, there, there isn't, doesn't seem to be a right way to do this. No, they've settled on a lottery system. They kind of clearly think they're going to get enough people. I'm not surprised. There will be people coming all over from Japan mm, mm. to travel here, um, as well as people from all over the world. It's going to be a phenomenal event. I'm going to have to watch it from home, unfortunately. Yeah. I can't afford to go to Japan this year. <laughs> I'd love to, but there you are. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to Worlds, let us know in the comments or send us an email or something and just rub it in. Go on. There you go. <laughs> rub it in. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Should we move on to the main event of this week's podcast? Let's do it. Have you got notes and stuff? I've got, I've got general themes that I want to cover. But before we do anything, I can't see your webcam at the moment. So if you could just fix that. So I can see the surprise look on your face when I reveal my amazing Gen 10 gimmick. Because... Go on for me, I need to start with the gimmick. The gimmick. Okay, go on. I have to, because it kind of prefate. Everything is built around the gimmick like they typically are for the Pokemon games. So I've been playing a lot of Infinite Fusion lately, and I've absolutely loved the fusion mechanic. But but there's no way that Pokemon is realistically going to take something that is already out there as, as this fan-made game and kind of take that. But I wanted to do something similar. So what I've kind of done is gone for some kind of partner sync mechanic. So the longer a Pokemon is in your team, the stronger it gets. And it can lend its strength to the other Pokemon in your team. So the way that works is via moves and abilities. 
So you're in a battle, you've got a Squirtle in there, but you've had a Pikachu since the very start, and you're fighting a water type. Well, guess what? You've got a partner sync with Pikachu because of the bond that you've uh, you've created, and therefore you can now channel an electric type move to give you a type advantage. Okay. And the way that will work is it's not just for you. You'll be going through the story competing against other trainers in a variety of different competitions. So you've got your general gym one that you you do your typical eight gyms to get the badges to get into the Pokemon League. But there are also other ways into the Pokemon League. One of the ways is that there are a variety of Pokemon out in the wild that have teamed up with other Pokemon, forcing you to have double battles with them. And during this, you will meet another trainer who is also on their journey to go down this route. A bit like Arvin has his route and Mm -hmm. Penny has her route. And there'll be a third route that focuses on this mechanic, but I don't know what that is yet. I haven't really developed it. But the the whole premise is that across these three different storylines that you're going to go across, you will will travel with a a person for those storylines who will have a partner who is integral to the story. And you will get to see the the bonds that these people have with their Pokemon, and you get to see them in battle. So it's kind of developing what we had in Generation Eight, where uh, Generation Nine, where we got to see Arvin, we got to see Penny, and we got to see Numona. But I don't think we saw enough of their Pokemon. Yes, we saw Miss Bostif, but we don't really see that in a fight until the very end of the story reasons. But I want to see the bonds between those Pokemon and how they influence on the fighting, and what is going on there. And what I want in this is that you, the for quite a while, we haven't had an evil team. We, mm. We've had teams that are more of annoyance. They're more of an annoyance, aren't they, than actual evil. Well, I want to bring back an evil team because it's been long overdue. And they have their own version of this, this bond, this partner sync with their Pokemon. But we're delving back into shadow territory like we've got in Pokemon Go. So the Pokemon are Shadow Pokemon, which gives them unique abilities and moves that your team will never have because you you have positive bonds with your Pokemon. They don't. So that brings in... Maybe that's the the third story branch that you have is shutting down this organization. And it gives you a way to kind of go, okay, these are difficult battles because they, they basically cheat because they have access to things that you can't predict and you don't know about. So you've got these three different interactive stories that are building to the Champions League, the, the Champions League, the the, the league. Okay, yeah. and what I want is instead of it being an elite four, I want us to develop to build on what we had in Sword and Shield, Sword which and Shield. is a yep. a competition at the end where you are battling against the three people that you now consider friends and. While you are the hero of your story, they are also the hero of their stories. And they've built up these bonds with their Pokemon, and it leads to an unpredictable final fight because you never know when they're going to bring out these abilities, these moves. And it's a and the the first time you play it, it's built where basically you you have to battle two of the three of them because it's a eight-tier competition. Mm-hmm. Um and then you're crowned the winner at the end. Okay. And finally, to wrap it up, because obviously we need legendaries in this game, like the box art. So that this game is going to be interesting in that uh, you can catch both legendaries, but it's a double battle. And those Pokemon 
have bonds with each other. other. They sync pair with one another and they have moves that complement and boost one another. So for example, one might use Swords Dance and the other one also gets the effect of Swords Dance. One of them might set up Barrier and the other one gets the barrier and they'll have abilities that kind of sync with one another and you you have to have this double battle with them so while you are trying to fight them you're also trying to catch them as well okay okay that's fascinating i think it brings in a lot of um yeah really interesting elements explain to me a little bit more about how the sync pairing works can you sync pair any pokemon yeah or is I- your pokemon sync paired with you so I haven't thought that much into, but what I would say it's sync pair with, I'd say it's six, the six Pokemon in your team. So whichever mm-hmm. Pokemon you have in your team, and the longer you have them, so it builds on the friendship mechanic of, okay, so you've got these two Pokemon in, they can't do anything together because they haven't built up a bond yet. But eventually, as you progress through the story, oh, okay, you can use one of its moves. Oh, okay, now you can use two of its moves. Oh, now you can bring in its ability as well. Oh, now you can maybe use its held item. Like, and as you progress over time, you get to pull in more abilities, moves, and items into your current Pokemon to make it even stronger. Okay. Okay. No, I I see where you're going with it. Interesting. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting concept. Because I was trying the, to think the Pokemon syncing with each other. Yeah, because like for me, it, like it. it it kind of builds on what we said about the animes. It gives all these Pokemon a chance to shine that in the games you don't typically have. They are just digital assets, unfortunately. But this kind of makes you... It kind of forces you to go, okay, I probably do need to spend some time with my Pokemon and, and you know build up this team. And what I quite like about this is because I'd imagine Gen 10 is going to be open world, it kind of doesn't limit you to go, oh, okay, right, I'll catch the first Pokemon I find on this route. It kind of goes... Okay, before you even start the story, go out and catch your team of six. Like, are you in the marketing? You've seen this electric Pokemon? Oh, go and get it over there. Okay, you've gone over there. You've just seen this really cool water Pokemon. Add it to your team now before you even start the story. And you already almost, before you, you don't have to play this way, but before you even start the first gym or the first, you know, whatever it might be, what story element, you've already got your team of six and you get to experience the story with them and build this bond with them. So I like that. I like that idea. I think we, if we're going to talk about like what we want from Gen 10, we need to understand what we mean by open world because I don't yes. think I don't think Generation 9 does it. I don't nope. think it does it the way I do it. Um I think if you're going to have an open world, A, it should have lots of bits to explore and things to find in it. How they mm-hmm. feels very empty. I've said it before. This new Gen 10 needs to have like lots going on, lots of hidden nooks, random bits of lore and history strewn around the place. Um, side quests has to be there for me. Have to have mm. side quests. Mm. Let me interact with the villagers. Let me interact with other people in the towns and stuff like that. I also want every Pokemon, in theory, available from the very start. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Now, by that, what I mean is, so for instance, um, your pseudo-legendary, whatever it may be, you could go and get the base form of it, and it will be at an appropriate level for you starting out. You could go get it. You could. The problem is, it's not easy. Mm. Why is it not easy? Because the only way to get it at an appropriate level for you is to get an egg. 
And the only way to get an egg is to go and steal an egg from a nest, which is defended by the mother who is level 70. Yeah. So yeah, you can go get a pseudo-legendary starter if you want, but it's not easy. Okay. I like that. So could you are you imagining some of the sneaking mechanics from Definitely. 100%. Okay. Brilliant. So yes. again, if it's going to be open world, I need these creatures to interact with each other and I yes. need actual kind of you know, herd mentality and things like that. So I talked about when we were leading up to Scarlet and Violet, the idea of having an arcanine that will fiercely defend its pups. So you could in theory sneak up and steal uh, a Growlithe pup and then use it. Or you could go up and feed the Arcanine over time and slowly get closer and be welcomed into the pack. And then suddenly you're you're allowed to move around with it because it trusts you. And then you can catch one of the Growlithe pups. Not an issue. So you can kind of play the game how you want. Yeah, I like that. I absolutely love that idea. And, you know, you could walk around and Viper and Zangoose are actually fighting each other. And you could get involved and break it up. Or you could wait and see who the winner is and catch the loser. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Why, why, why get involved? Just let them weaken each other. And you should be able to catch Pokemon of any level from the start. Should it be harder? Yeah, I guess. Mm. But it should, should be, be able achievable. to do it. Yes. It should be achievable. Yeah. Um. I think there still needs to be some kind of badge system in place so that, mm. you know, you have to go f- so further into the story before you can use these super busted Pokemon. That's fine. I don't mind that so much. Um, if there are gyms, the gyms need a scale. Yeah, agreed. We've, we've said it before. It needs to be the um, anime version of, oh, this is your first gym badge? Okay, I'll use these two Pokemon. Agreed. They have yeah. a different team for every single gym badge that you own. Um. I didn't come up with a gimmick as far as battling was concerned. My gimmick was more about world exploration and story. Mm. So I want, and interestingly enough, you brought up the shadow Pokemon. I want a shadow realm, a shadow world. Okay. So one of the things when we were leading up to Scarlet and Violet that I thought would be really interesting uh, it was the first time we realized that Marino and Coridon might have something to do with time travel. My thought was, oh, what if they can time travel? Yeah. What if they can create um, space-time paradoxes or space-time distortions around themselves, um, like we see in Legends Arceus, and they bring through all these Pokemon from different time periods and that. Well, okay, what if there's these ruins and there's a bridge that's destroyed and it's been destroyed for hundreds of years? Okay, well, let's put a space-time distortion around that and take it back to the time when it was available, and then we can cross it, and then we can drop the distortion, and it's broken again. I really like that idea, and I really like, I think, Link Between Worlds does it, and you get a little bit in Twilight Princess, this idea of two realms sitting on top of each other that interact and if you, you if you do th- something in one it does it again in the other same kind of thing as like stranger things and the upside down stuff like that so i like the idea of this shadow realm world whatever you want to call it where your pokemon or the legendary pokemon is 
causing distortions, causing these rips within the realms, and you can flip between the two, and then later on in the game you can do it at will, and that just adds more to exploration because now there's two different versions of the yeah. same so, region to explore. Because surely- And it allows you to overcome different obstacles, allows you to overcome different puzzles. There yeah. are shadow Pokemon within this realm which don't need purifying or anything. They just are a different not a different version, not like a they've evolved to adapt in that in that environment. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they're 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 meaner. So you as a player will notice that they're meaner. They're more likely to attack you. Whereas you know, say you run into a Pikachu on the normal world, Pikachu will come up, it'll sit next to you, and then it'll probably run away. Whereas you go into the Shadow Realm and it's going to attack you straight away. Yeah, it's it's a much harsher world. But that means that a Shadow Pikachu has stronger stats, maybe, okay. than a normal Pikachu. But maybe you can't get its friendship as high. So things that evolve through friendship don't exist within Shadow Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't okay. fully thought it through, but okay. I think there's something there. What, what I like about that is like the, the ability to switch between the two realms almost feels like... Like you said, like you can do it at the start. You can't do it at will. It's at certain points of either the story or the game. Yeah. But that almost feels like post-game. Post-game, you've caught the Pokemon that causes this, and therefore you can now do it, and suddenly you've got an entire flip side of a map that yeah. is now available to explore at, at your will. Yeah. And, and there will be puzzles where it's a case of... And I, I love puzzles in games. I just do, mm. where you have to constantly flip back and forth between the realms, do something over here, go back to the normal world, do something there, go back to the shadow world, do something there. Okay, now we've unlocked this area. Yeah. Wow. It, <laughs> I, I, abs- I absolutely like What about, um, so I, I want to kind of, like, some of the things I covered... I want to see if you've thought about them. So, some kind of the 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 team, whatever the 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 quote unquote the bad team. guys are, because they're not always bad guys. But what what's your no? An- I, I agree with the idea of bringing back an evil team. Um, I like the idea of you know what? Not, I- so 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 for this kind of idea, I don't want somebody who is I'm going to use this to destroy the world. It's just, hey, maybe it's more of a case of this. There is a shadow realm and it is leaking through and we must stop it at all costs. And it's not a case of we want to control this legendary Pokemon. It's no, I want to kill it. I want it. I want it gone. And that's and that's what you're trying to stop. You're trying to come up with the nonviolent way to solve this problem. That's I like that because that. Unlike mine, that is something that I don't think we have seen before. It's a, it's a, it's a bad guy. Sorry, it's not a bad guy. It's somebody who is doing, is trying to achieve the right thing, but the mm. methods aren't necessarily the correct way to go about it. But you can understand why they are their methods because killing the Pokemon is kind of the easiest way to stop that. Yeah, and capturing it is kind of. No, but that's an unknown. You don't know if you're strong enough to catch it. You don't know if you're strong enough to contain it once you have caught it. My my way is, a, is the scientist that's trying to fix this. Kind of just, it just stops it. It's done. And you can then, then you get like 
the parallel of these two people and their ideals are different. Their end goal is the same, but they're going on it in different ways. And what I quite like about that is potentially that the 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 scientist and their team that are typically the bad guys could also be the dual rival. Yeah, okay, never, I see what you're saying. Off the top of my head, I don't think we've ever had a rival who is also the leader of the bad guy team or part of the bad guy team. Have you we? had, oh, what was it? Gladian was kind of part of Team yeah. Skull and kind of part of the Aether Foundation, but not really. No. He was more of a hired gun for them. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. no, you could you could quite easily have the rival be like, no, this is the way I'm approaching this. Because right. I like the idea as well, because then you can have the world as we know it acts as a mainline Pokemon game where Pokemon run up to you, like them attacking you is them running up to you and starting a battle. Mm. You go to the yeah. Shadow World and no, they're attacking you. It suddenly yes. becomes Legends Arceus style gameplay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I... that's why they're a threat and that's why it needs to stop. Okay. I like that idea a lot and it makes a lot of sense. What about what about Endgame? Have you given any thoughts of that? Like in terms of obviously mine's got the league at the end. The knockout style tournaments. Have you mm-hmm. given any thoughts of what you'd like? Um, I'd love a tournament. I think that was such a yeah. brilliant idea and makes so much sense. Um, especially if you're going to bring in all these different characters who you've met along their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, if you've done certain side quests, those characters should show up. I like that. But only if you've done them. Yeah. Um, so there should be elements of that. Obviously, I think there needs to be the big showdown with the legendary Pokemon and things like that. I'd kind of... I'd like that to be before you beat the league. Yeah, I can understand that. Because, yeah, you you kind of save the world. Yeah, this Pokemon is bringing these two worlds together. A collision is going to occur and it will destroy everything. That's fine but you find a way of stopping the Pokemon, good on you. Now we can go and have silly battles and that. Or you can just go and explore to your heart's content. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not sure. I haven't thought about Endgame. I haven't okay. thought about like different, different story paths. I do like having different story paths. Agreed. Um, again, I think if you're going to have them, they need to have a level of scaling as well, much in the same way as gyms. Yeah, don't know how you do that. Yeah, like what, when you've just got eight gyms, that's quite easy to scale because it's like you. Hmm. There's rules. It's it's yeah. a league, and therefore they follow yeah. rules. That makes sense. Yeah, but you can't have a weaker Titan Pokemon because you haven't fought enough Titan Pokemon yet. It kind of mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. I'd imagine the way the way you do it. Uh, I think they have to make a choice between okay, is it is it d- does it make sense basically? And in mind, when you've got the three different routes, and let's say there's eight different challenges on each of them, when you beat any one of those eighteen, all over seventeen level up. I mean, that's a lot of like different teams and having to tweak things and change things. But it does give you the the idea of feeling like it is a lived in world, which we we kind of didn't get with with Scarlet and Violet and. You know, you you beat if you leave one of the first gym leaders till last, and you come across them like there's no challenge, there's no fun, there's no anything. Whereas if you have a a level up system, whatever that might be, 
Like, it truly then does feel like it's your story. Yeah. The other option you have is if you're going to do something like Titan Pokemon, for instance, give them a level of sentience. Yeah. Give them a level of, like, no, I'm not fighting you to the death. That would be silly. I'm here to test you. Yeah. In what in whatever manner you decide to have that storyline go down in, they are sentient enough and smart enough to be like, no, I'm testing you. So I'm going to s- let you hit me and go, all right, that's what you're putting out. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they'll like- fight you on your level kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. What about, have you thought about location? So I really want a Mexican region. That's okay. nothing to do with the storyline I gave you. I just really, really want a Mexican region. I think there's a lot of history and wonderful um, local lore. It's not quite the word I'm looking for. What, 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 do we, what do you call it when people? What are people? people? Words are failing me right now. Myths? Legends? No. 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 Like when the, the what 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 is society? Doesn't matter. Yeah, Mexico. I want a Mexican. Region. You want a Mexican region. You want a Mexican region. Okay. Um, I for me, like, I want. I kind of want Pokemon to lean more into the like strange and bizarre elements of it. And I, I've always there's something about like some kind of floating rock in the sky that I don't know what nice. it, I don't know what it is that's just cut off from the rest and to be fair that could lean in with the legendary Pokemon so that's how that's how you accomplish that in Pokemon you just go oh there's a floating rock over here in the sky well the reason why is because of the legendary Pokemon and that that could work actually you know what you know what so originally my original plan was okay I want something either like Australia and you have all the cities are on the coast and around but then this the entire center is the almost the wild area. See so that's that's where you go. The alternative thinking from a development point of view is like you do something similar to Alola but loads of smaller islands and there's a lot of uh sea between them because that reduces your resources because then you can load in one island at a time and just see the rest of them in the distance should make it run a lot smoother but of course that means that there's going to be a load of water pokemon but thinking about that you could adapt the same thing for the sky that okay it's multiple islands in the sky and you travel to them via flying so flying is the first ability that you unlock once you've completed the the hub zone almost you can get to go off to all these different islands but it also reduces the amount of loading required because, okay, you don't need to load in a load of backdrop because you're in the sky. So it's just sky and clouds and there's a sun that mm-hmm. moves around. So you make it really easy to to build a game that's like, really easy as if I know what I'm, what I'm talking about from a development point of view. But I like to think that there's less assets so it should be easier to load that. It ties in with all the the you know magical nature of Pokemon and there's some floating islands and... And that just allows you to take that step away from it being realistic, like a further step away. So you can introduce yep. a lot more of those those you know fantastical, fantasy, magical elements in the game. Yeah, I like it. What about what about starters? Got any idea for starters? What you'd have? Uh, I haven't. I want to see a fire bear because mm. it was a leak. A uh, leak, quote unquote years ago that we were going to get this fire bear and it was we were supposed to have one in gold if you've ever had a look at the beta releases and stuff like that long time ago but i can't remember we were, we were supposed to get a fire bear and we've never got it and i really want that fire bear mm. um 
can't think of the other two off the top of my head right now. No. So, I think for me, like, I, I kind of feel like the way I would do it is you'd have fire, water, and grass as normal. But this region would be unique in that they all already have their secondary typings. And okay, those, se- those those secondary typings are the way that you move between the different maps, so the different areas. So maybe one would be fire and flying, so you can ride it straight off the bat. Maybe okay. one of them, maybe one of them is water and psychic and uses psychic power to levitate you and get across to the islands. And the third one, you could do dragon, I guess, because dr- most dragons are at least they are capable of look like they have some kind of flight mechanic uh typically and that that's what you get so so that's unique in terms of okay you get your first three starters and they all have these these secondary typings i know the secondary typings don't like now they're not a typical trio unfortunately like fire water and grass are you know that little triangle and you don't get that but maybe you get it in the the ability to kind of okay i'm grass and flying but actually because of that i've got a fairy typing in my team and therefore when i'm fighting a rival who has that you know that dragon type i I can now pull in a fairy type attack and that gives me the advantage there and maybe that's how you do it and what i quite like about that is maybe for the first time the evolution of your starter isn't in fact tied to levels anymore it's tied to the bond mechanic so when you are progressing the story or when you are doing picnics or exploring or, you know, it go, wanders off to a bush and you go over to, oh, what are you looking at? And it's kind of, oh, you became better friends. And over time it goes, okay, I'll, I'll level up. Uh, and then I'll evolve and it evolves into the next form, which maybe allows you to get further in the game because now it can fly further distances, for example. Okay, makes sense. Brings us nightly, nicely onto ride mechanics. Hmm. So you've kind of implied there that you want just your Pokemon to be able to use it and is use it as soon as they would theoretically be capable of it. Yeah. So if you yeah. if you catch a Pidgey, you can fly on that Pidgey. Yeah, it's it's difficult to do because obviously the the because in the in the Pixel games, Pidgey mm-hmm. using Fly, you don't really think too much about it because it's just it's just a Pixel. Like obviously, when you're in a three D generated world. Flying on a Pidgey just doesn't... It it kind of breaks that because it's like, oh, well, the Pidgey wouldn't be strong enough to carry a human. Um, maybe maybe the way you, you do it is almost the, the... The hub area where you start is almost... Okay, there's, there's... Because, like, there's a lot of tutorial elements for this game in terms of, you know, the partner sync side of things and building up those friendships and stuff. I feel like the the initial starting hub is where you learn all that and during that story, your Pokemon is guaranteed to evolve to the second stage, which means that, okay, it is now big enough to fly and its psychic powers are strong enough to carry you. It's a secondary typing of Dragon. It now looks like it's got the, you know, the, the, you know, powerful boosters or whatever it might be to get you across. And then that's when the world, when the game truly becomes open world. And it makes a bit more sense that you've got the Pokemon that can carry you. And the first, the first mechanic is flying. And then Mm -hmm. over time you get the, the other gimmicks but what I want for my gimmicks aren't necessarily the the gimmicks you unlock are more about unlocking more exploration, which you didn't really get in Scarlet and Violet, unfortunately. Because okay, your first one is boost, 
Okay, right, that's a little bit disappointing. The second one is, is I think, surf. Jumping. Jump, jumping, yeah. But, like, again, like, doesn't really come much into play in Scarlet and Violet. The third one is being able to traverse water, um, which... In Scotland Violet, like there were ways around that, and a lot of like it wasn't like it was that difficult. So I kind of feel like for me, like maybe it is a case of okay, so the 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 mechanic of flying just allows you to get anywhere. So you can explore the entire region. But the mechanics that you unlock are more like rock smash to get you into caves that you haven't explored before. Um, you know, leap that allows you to reach something that potentially you couldn't reach before. Um, and it basically unlocks like smaller dungeons within the game mm-hmm. that allow you to explore and do a lot more of, oh, what's down here? Oh, what's up here? What's on that island further away, all the way over there? Um, so I would not use the gimmicks for progression of the story. It would be exploration of side areas, which is kind of what it was originally. Okay. Like a yeah. long time ago when it was like, okay, you could go cut and you could go off on this beaten path. Or you could use Rock Smash and go off down this cave and stuff like that. So, I think you should... I think there should be a separation between HMs... I don't think HMs should come back. But I like the idea of any Pokemon you catch, if it can fly, it can fly. If it can swim, it can swim. Mm. But maybe there's only so many Pokemon that you can actually ride. So there's only po- so many Pokemon that can fly you about. You know, yeah. the bigger birds, the big dragons, they can fly you around. Other Pokemon can fly, but they can't fly you. Yeah. So say, for instance, you needed to... There's an item on a high ledge somewhere. If you had one of these bigger Pokemon, sure, you can fly up there. But if you have one of these smaller Pokemon, say you've got a Pidgey, you can direct it. You can go fly up there and grab that. Yeah. So there's there's something over on an island, um, or there's something there, there's uh, a shipwreck out at sea. You can direct your fish Pokemon to go out and explore it. You you can stand on the side and be like, go have a look at that. Go bring back whatever's in there. Or if you've got a Pokemon like Buizel that can go on land and at sea, it can go over to the island for you and come back and pick stuff up. You can't necessarily go over there yourself yet until you've got one of these ride Pokemon. And I think you do it the same way as you did in Let's Go, where just some of them are ride Pokemon. You don't mm. you don't have to do it yeah. for everything. But you still have to go out and catch these Pokemon. And I think there needs to be some level of uh, ride box, for instance. Where it's a case of, okay, these Pokemon aren't my team, but they're in my ride box. So at any point I can call them up. Yeah. And I, so, so I don't have to carry a flyer on my team if I don't want. But at any point I can access my flying Pokemon to get me about. Same as these sort of fetch Pokemon. Yeah. You, you have access to them. I think that gives you enough incentive to go out and catch them which is the story and game mechanic I'm trying to encourage you to do and interact with as the player. But you don't have to have them on your team if you're trying to do a challenge run or play the game however you want it. Mm. Like, both... Yeah. A lot of the things we've said, what I like about it is that it feels like by opening up, it truly does make it your experience. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get at, yeah. Rather than typically it is a case of like most Pokemon games are like we 
I, w- I was about to say, oh yeah, well you you're all on the same story as you know Jeff down the road playing it, but you you might choose different Pokemon, but yeah, not typically not because quite... you're going through the same routes, so you'll typically catch a lot of the same Pokemon. Whereas, like what we've kind of pitched is almost like, okay, how do you build on what Scarlet and Violet was trying to accomplish in terms of an open world game, and truly make it open world while also making it so the player has choice, which Scarlet and Violet didn't really feel like players had a choice because there were limiting factors that prevented that, such as things not scaling, Pokemon being too strong in the wild, uh, and you're kind of like forced to still go down some of the certain routes that you might not want to. What about, have you got a rival for yours? I know we kind of touched on the, the idea of them but... being part of the evil team. Yeah. Um, no, I would like... I would like a rival who kind of... I don't know. I, I don't necessarily need somebody who is trying to do the same thing as me. Mm. More just someone who you run into over and over and over again. And I don't know how you do that. No, I haven't thought too much about a rival. No, ne- neither have I, to be honest with you, because, the- because what you could have is you could pick one of the three routes and have your rival be one of those three routes. But actually thinking about it, maybe my rival is in the evil team and he is, okay, right, you- you've got your partner sinks and you know these bonds with your Pokemon. Well, I'm going down my route, which is about you know corrupting these Pokemon because I think they are more powerful. Mm. And maybe he is one of the ones that enter the- tries to enter the league and the lesson is now those Pokemon aren't allowed. Like, why? Why would we ever consider letting you enter the league when you've done such terrible things to these Pokemon? And I know oh, it's wow. a bit, and I know it's a bit anticlimactic because you expect him to be or her to be like the final fight, but it's kind of a hard hitting story, and it's a bit of a twist of, oh, right, okay, like didn't expect that to happen, but it makes sense in the context of the story because like people shouldn't treat pokemon this way and then that is almost then their their suddenly their goals suddenly they realize oh they're not achievable and that's because of me and maybe they go on a story arc in the post game of trying to purify their pokemon to to rebuild those relationships and friendships so that when the tournament does roll around next time they will be allowed to enter and they suddenly realize okay right I, i wanted powerful pokemon but you've shown me that like that your way is as equal as, as as mine, but the benefit of yours is like you care for your Pokemon and they love you more and therefore they're stronger. Um maybe that's the story that you have there. So I just randomly thought, so if I'm ruling rolling into this whole like Shadow Pokemon alternate mm. world storyline that I'm doing, I would love somebody who just goes, No, they're stronger. Those Pokemon yeah. are stronger. Yeah, they're more aggressive. Yeah, they're a lot harder to tame, but I'm a good trainer. I, I'm i going to build a team solely out of those Pokemon, and it's going to allow me to be the best. And your job is not to teach them right from wrong, because you can do the same thing if you want. Like, you can go and build a team purely of Shadow Pokemon. But I think through their journey, they learn the idea that okay, yeah, these Pokemon are stronger. But I've put so much work into them now 
that that's kind of not why I like them anymore. I think back to Karen from uh, from Gold and Silver, who talks about the idea of I use dark Pokemon because they're my favorites. You should win with your favorites, not stronger, not stronger weak. Beautiful idea, and the idea that she uses these otherwise evil or misunderstood Pokemon, despite that, because she likes them so much. I like the idea that he starts off or she starts off going purely for strength mm. and then learns to love them despite their perceived flaws that everybody else thinks they have. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. And what, what I'm liking about both of these is it, it's like, it's almost like the, the focus of them is the Pokemon, which yes. I kind of feel like Game Freak has, has forgotten about. And it is, okay, let's go more open world. Let's go, like, let's introduce all these Pokemon. I would rather have less Pokemon, but you develop those Pokemon more because they, they flood the Pokemon too much. Like, one thing I quite like, would quite like about mine is that, yeah, maybe there's only, like, 50 new Pokemon in there and you pull out, you know, Pokemon from other games and give them a chance to shine. So a lot of the favorites aren't in this game. Because, like, by doing that, you just build your team full of favorites, which I've, I've never liked. I quite like the idea of, okay, I'm starting a new journey, and, like, I've got a team of six Pokemon I've never used in any other game mm. before because it gives you it gives them a chance to shine. You build up more, you know, emotional friendships, and it kind of helps to break away from them just being digital assets because, like, what is the difference between catching a Pikachu and Scarlet and Violet versus you know, a Pikachu that you caught in gold and silver. Like, they're just digital assets. They haven't got any personality. They haven't got anything else. So this gives you a way to kind of get around that of spend time with your Pokemon. They'll get stronger. You can do more. It's going to be easier to accomplish the, the story and get through it. Um, and maybe that maybe that's the way... Maybe that's the way that the um, the mechanic works in mind. So instead of, like, you, you beat a trainer... Or you beat a gym and then everything gets stronger. Maybe it's based on the bond that you have with your Pokemon. So the stronger that bond, the more moves and abilities they can pull in, while your opponents then get stronger to kind of match that. And I don't know how that would work. Like I'm I'm just the ideas guy here. I'm not not trying to fix bring solutions to what I'm saying, but that is how that like maybe that's the way that you do it. it, it like and what I what I like about this and my pitch, and both our pitches actually, is it's like they're still Pokemon. You get yeah. what I mean? Like, we haven't d- done something and, and people are going, that isn't Pokemon anymore. Like, like it's more Pokemon than Pokemon has been in a long For time, a long it while. feels like. Because it is about the Pokemon, which has been lost, unfortunately. And, because- and even more so, I think if we're going to bring in this new generation, I want to see how people live alongside Pokemon. Mm. I'm not talking about, oh, you should have some Pokemon running around the towns. No, I want to walk into this lovely, cozy little cafe and see that the, there's a slugma in the fire, and yeah. that's how they keep the place warm. I yeah. want to see the little granny sitting on a bench with her spinner at sat next to her, giving her her thread so she can net. I want to see these Pokemon living in this world that's the big thing for me they need to feel alive they need to interact with other pokemon they need to interact with their own species and they need to interact with people both in the wild and in captivity because that's that's the real like crux of what i'm trying to get at is you know the shadow world is devoid of humanity Mm. 
this is and i've always been of the thinking that pokemon need humans to get stronger like that's how they draw out their true latent potential and things like that that's why pokemon choose to go with people um and for pokemon to just try and gain power on their own leads to this kind of wild instinct that corrupts them that's the whole idea of the shadow realm so if that's what we're going to say then we need to show humanity and pokemon living together and see why it's actually a good thing why is capturing pokemon okay yeah 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 i like that idea and what it's one of the things that was kind of there in legends Arceus, but they didn't go far enough was like like jubilife village had yeah. no pokemon to start with and then you started to bring more pokemon it was only when you completed a load of the quest you were suddenly like there's Pokemon all over the place now. There's Pokemon on the farm. There's Pokemon outside the guard gates. There's Pokemon hanging from some of the buildings and stuff. And it started to feel a lot more like the bringing together of these two elements, which again, like, yes, the, there are Pokemon in the areas, in the towns and the cities in Scarlet and Violet, but they didn't go far enough. Like, what I want to see is like the the breath of the wild elements where you go i wonder if i did this and then something happens as a as a result of it like we don't have that in pokemon and like you could mirror the t- the two ideas so if i do this this happens and the way you could do it is like you know there's a there's just a random person walking and if you throw out your growl leaf like they'll panic and the growl starts to chase them and just like friendly just going back back like just following around. like little yeah. human elements like that that show people and humans like actually interacting because unfortunately you don't really see a lot of people and pokemon interacting in the games outside of if it's a cutscene or you know where, yeah, where's, where's just people where's fe- people feeding the p-dove in the park yeah or throwing yeah. bread at the swanna yeah or the little girl who's like chasing the meowth around because she just wants to play pet yeah like things, things like things like that, and actually, n- tell you what, the, we we have had elements of that thinking about it because we've had like when you're at the picnic, you can throw the ball or shake the little jingly thing, but all they do is a, like a kick animation or something like that. So it's, yeah. it's not like th- there's elements, but like what we're pitching is basically give it like not even give us more of that the issue isn't give us more. The issue is like give us better quality, give us more interactions, like, make these Pokemon feel alive, which... And don't confine it. Don't make me yeah. have to have a picnic, and then yeah. they're allowed to go 10 meters away from me, and then yeah. that's it. No, just let them do that as they are. Yeah, and a lot of these mechanics, I think, just build on what we've already had. Like, for example, you saying about, okay, you know, will go over to that island. Like, that's just building on the let's go mechanic. Yeah, like it's just it's just the next step that I feel that we need with each generation. But by every time that, like every new generation that comes out, they just strip so much. It's like okay, but you didn't finish those elements that you've stripped out. Why not keep them in and develop them and make yeah. them make them better and improve them on each iteration? Um, yeah. Have you got anything else you want to add for your like? This is almost like a Gen 10 pitch, isn't it? Rather than a, a little what we bit. Want to I see. mean, in all reality, nobody thinks this is what we're going to get. No, no. Um, this is our dream Gen 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
anything else? As I say, the side quests I want, I want your choices to have meaning. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want to be my friend? Yes or no? And <laughs> doesn't make yeah, any difference. Possibly, I think there should be a way to be like, no, you can either befriend your rival or be mean to your rival, and that changes your relationship with mm-hmm. them. I think there should be silly little things like, so for instance, there's a bunch of Meowth running around town and they're they're causing mischief. They're getting into the back of this baker's store and stealing stuff. Okay, we'll go out and we'll clear out the Meowth. Oh, well, now there's a bunch of rats to around. Whoops. And now my, my, now my store is closed down because I've, I've got a ratata infestation because I didn't realize that the Meowth were keeping them away. Yeah, yeah okay, maybe I should have just fed the Meowth. Whereas if you go up to him initially and be like, no, just befriend them and teach him how to befriend them, then his store stays open. That kind of thing. Really, really small decisions that have consequences for these cities and these towns that, again, I just want it to feel alive. I want it to have stuff happening and you to be an intrinsic part of it and the Pokemon to be an intrinsic part of it. Yeah, because like, unfortunately, like, a lot of the Pokemon games now are very much a case of like they give you multiple options, but they make ze- like they literally yeah. make zero impact. Maybe every now and again you get lucky and it leads to an extra line of dialogue, but even that's quite rare. You you just and it makes it feel like what you are doing has n- no impact on the world around you. Yes, it, it it evolves and directs the story, but it doesn't evolve any. And it doesn't evolve the story or evolve those relationships or change those relationships in in any way. Now, and I'm not expecting like an in-depth version like Mass Effect, for example, or uh, I'd never really played them, but the um, the Telltale games where it was always like, you know, Tyrion will remember this. And, oh, okay, that's going to come back to haunt me later on in the game. Like, but I do want some like. Like I want you to give those little butterfly—is it the butterfly effect where yeah. you know anything you do then has like multiple outcomes, and each of them have multiple outcomes, and on and on and on. And they so, actually, so one of my favorite ones is Metal Gear Solid. So you yeah. know, um, there's the villain where you have to like take the controller out and put it into the psychomantis. So yeah, so yeah. he can't read your, so he can't read your moves. Now, is it the major? Somebody, somebody gives you a hint as to how that works. Mm-hmm. and how to beat him. However, earlier in the game, you can shoot him in the head if you want. <laughs> you can you can just shoot him in the head and then he's dead. Just done with. Just done with. And yeah. and then he doesn't give you that hint later. Right. Doesn't change the outcome of the game, doesn't change uh, the story. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. just don't get the hint. Yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Solid was great for that. Like there was a boss fight that you could win in like one of four ways. This is Metal Gear Solid 3. So spoilers by the way because they are remaking it. So in case you don't want spoilers, but there's literally a sniper fight where you have to track him down and because the sniper you're fighting is really old, what you could go is to do is you could go into the PlayStation 2 time setting, set it a couple of years in advance, load back up the game and he's died and he's of old dead. age. Like it's like honestly that that's the level of creative thinking that only Kojima could bring to like the Metal Gear Solid the series but like those fun elements that you can do of oh if i do this what happens should be should be in pokemon like and i'm mm. not saying they should be that higher level but it should be a case of okay right like i'm i've watched walkthroughs online and i know that there's you know if i go to this area then this will happen well what happens if i go to it 
before I'm supposed to or way after I'm supposed to if you get there and maybe, you know, the, the trainer you were meant to meet has just left a letter going, yeah, I got bored of waiting. I've gone somewhere else. Like little things like that that, that don't make a difference to the story, but it makes it feel lived in. Mm. And it makes the people yeah. feel real and not digital assets. And as you say, Snake Eater came out, what, on the PS2? PS2. It's a it's this is not now. This is not unreasonable things we're asking for, no. I don't think. No, no, I don't think so either. It's, it's, it's like, Pokemon needs to evolve. And yeah, I think agreed. we got, I think we got an element of that in Legends Arceus. I, mm-hmm. I truly think Legends Arceus was a step in the right direction, but a baby step. I feel like they didn't go as far as they as they they could have done, and I don't know if that was because they they went if we move it too far away, people might be completely off this. So what's a what's a middle ground? And I think they found that middle ground really well, and it is just such a shame that there wasn't then a three year gap between Legends Arceus and Scarlet and Violet, and we got yeah. them so close to one another. Yeah, I agree, but like. <laughs> I guess what I guess what I what I'm saying is like Pokemon is already recognized across the world for because of the, the just the magical nature of it. Like surely surely you want the games to be on the same level of people going Pokemon's done it again. They they've taken this franchise and they've taken gaming and a like they they have shifted what games are going to be like for the next 3 years. Like Fortnite Fortnite comes out and then everyone suddenly has a battle royale. Like, why has Pokemon not got features and functionality and stuff that, you know, are trendsetters? And even if they don't want to trendset, like, at least take elements of what current games have and bring them in and not have a game that feels like, you know, Scarlet and Violet comes out and it already feels like you're playing an old game. Yeah. Like... So yeah, so um, oh, I came up with my three paths. I've literally just thought of okay, my three okay, paths. Okay, okay, yeah, do it. So, so you have the main story is not the gyms. So the gyms is one story you can go on, which is just the standard quest. The main story is the shadow world and trying to find a peaceful resolution to stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is actually just being a research fellow is actually okay. helping yeah. Yeah, to yeah, fill yeah, out the yeah. Pokedex. Yes! But, but the professor is under the impression that Pokemon behave differently in captivity than they do in the wild. So I want you to capture all the Pokemon, and we're going to see how they behave in captivity, but I also want you to go out and just photograph and video mm. wild Pokemon in their natural habitats and see how they interact. Yeah, I love that. Like, it's still amazing. Yeah, I... Completely on board with that because, like the the, that's another thing about Legends Arc is the Pokedex was it made completing the Pokedex fun. It made mm-hmm. it challenging as well. But again, baby steps. Don't think they went far enough. There was too many things in there that were just like catch so many. Like you're absolutely right. You should do see just like hide in the grass. Look at the Pokemon. Try feeding it berry. Take a photo of it. Like see how it reacts, and then do the same thing with a captured Pokemon. Like how does that react to the berry? Like like a wild Pokemon might see a berry and just go, nah, nah, this is a trap. I'm out. Yeah. I'm gone. Whereas your Pokemon might see a berry and go, what's the worst that can happen? Like I trust humans and just just wanders up and just laps it up. Um, like 
and then and then it rolls in because you've then got the shadow Pokemon who are completely devoid of humans entirely. Yeah. How how could it have been? Yeah. So yeah, yeah sorry. I like no no I no, really no, like, like that, that idea. And what like for me like <laughs> because we've had the camera element for is it three jet we had cameras in Scarlet and Violet we had yep. them in Sun and Moon in some Possibly. way didn't we I think. Did we have them in Sword and Shield? Mm, can't remember off the top no. of my head. But for me, Pokemon Snap should not exist. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be, need to exist. It shouldn't need to exist. It should be in the mainline games of you've got the camera functionality, you can go out and take the photos of the Pokemon in the wild or yeah, interacting or whatever it is. And it kind of feels like that that mars quite well with like blends quite well with your idea of completing the pokedex of mm. it is researching how they act and stuff but then also capturing evidence yes agreed and that's how you do it and you level up the pokedex and maybe that's the way that you you do you do that um which would be which would be quite nice and you could even scale it down you could scale like if if resources are tight you could go okay right there are you know, 200 Pokemon in this game, but the the professor just goes, well, actually, I only need you to research 30 Pokemon. And they're the ones that get a lot of the the more unique animations. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There like, should that's be, like, a, it should be a partner who you go out with who's like, oh, I've heard about there you go. Uh, the blooming of the Ivysaur. Yeah. Do you want to go watch the blooming of the Ivysaur? Let's go get this together. Mm. And that's kind of your sequence events. Yeah. But there should be other ones as well that, you can get and then it becomes you get that same level of mystery from original pokemon of have you found this what no that's a thing you can just go see that it's like yeah but it has to be a full moon and it has to be the third friday of the month yeah because that's how you could surprise people as well you could be like okay right you've you've got to go up here and find uh, a meowth and there's a reason i'm picking meowth and you go right okay this is a story element i'm gonna go find a meowth that's not a Meowth. That's not Galarian. It's not Alolan. It's not Kanto. That is a new form of Meowth. And then there's that surprise element of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm discovering new things. Like it could it could work so well. And it builds on like we every game is at the Pokedex. And yet it's only Legends Arcus that has truly felt like, okay, the Pokedex matters. Yeah. It really matters. And like, like and I and, and I can't help but feel that Game Freak does want to do more with the Pokedex because, like, every single generation they've added to it, it whether or not it's height, weight, information, cries, silhouettes, like, they, they, like 3D models, like, they keep adding to it. So, like, adapt, like, take that the next step. Mm. Yeah. And I like the idea of the side quests, kind of, the more of them you do, the more people tell you how they interact with the world Mm -hmm. and what they've seen, and that gives you hints as to things you can go out and find. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Should we wrap it? Should we we move on to the guessing game? Yeah, I I think I'm really excited for this game that's not going to exist. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what Project Bloom is. We'll never know. Uh, Let's move on to the guessing game, where in front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each, but can can kind of spot the fake entry. So there is a theme this week. We're starting with Donphan. Entry number one. Donphan enjoyed playing by curling up and rolling down hills. The steeper the incline, the more fun it has. 
Entry number two. Donphan is covered in tough hide, so even being hit by a car won't phase this Pokemon. However, it is extremely susceptible to rain. And the final entry. It attacks by keeling up and rolling into its foe. It can blow apart a house in one hit. Um. Okay. Interesting. I was leaning towards the first one, but now I'm kind of thinking the third one. So I'm going to go with the third one. Yeah. And you're going to tell me it's the first one? Yes, that's correct. It was okay, the first yeah, one. It was the first one. <laughs> I, honestly, like, when, when, when I came up with that, I was like, oh, these two entries are really good. And then I kind of, when I said the third one, I was like, the last two seem so strange in terms of being hit by a car and blown apart a house. One of them's definitely true, so why wouldn't the other one be true and therefore number one's the fake one because it seems too... Simple in comparison. Simple, yes, yeah. Um, So the next Pokemon is Great Tusk. Entry number one. Sightings of this Pokemon have occurred in recent years. The name Great Tusk was taken from a creature listed in a certain book. Or book. I say book, it's just a stoky thing. Entry number two. This creature resembles a mysterious Pokemon that, according to a paranormal magazine, has lived since ancient times. And the final entry. Rumours have circulated around the scientific community that it's a living relic from the dinosaur era. Okay, I don't think there's ever a mention of a book. um, Because the way these work usually is there's one where... Because the paranormal magazine you can find within the uh, library, so the Mm -hmm. paranormal magazine is always true, and then I think the other Pokedex entry doesn't mention anything like that. So I'm going to say the one that mentions a book is false. Okay, I'm afraid you're incorrect. It's number three. There is a Pokedex entry that mentions a certain book. But to be fair, if you've only played one of the games and seen the Pokedex entry, you might never have seen the other one. Okay, it's very possible that this is a, a great tusk and iron tread only one because okay. they are they are actually in the book. Okay, okay, interesting. Right. So the next Pokemon is Iron Treads. Entry number one. This Pokemon closely resembles a scientific weapon that a paranormal magazine claimed was sent to this planet by aliens. Mm-hmm. Entry number two. Rumors of this Pokemon began following its attack on a on an expedition team. It has a cruel nature. Entry number three. Sightings of this Pokemon have occurred in recent years. It resembles a mysterious object described in an old expedition journal. I'm going to have to take the risk and say the journal's the fake one. Okay. I'm afraid it's not. It's, it's number not. two. It's, it's number, number two. two. Wow. It's number Done two. Done me twice. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I honestly thought... The second, the great tusk, you would crack the code, and the third one, you would, you would come in and, and, and yeah. To be fair, the... I thought you were double bluffing me. Did you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I did quite well there. You um, did. Yeah, I got uh, zero. You got zero, which means Connor next week. I've got to do the game. You've got to do the game. Uh, let's move on to comments and questions. If, if, as always, if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving us on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. So, the first question is one from last week that we didn't get time to answer. Uh, it comes courtesy of British Eagle over on Twitter. If we ever get another game with multiple regions, like Generation 2 had, what game would it be for, and which regions would be connected? 
Okay, so I actually think the... I think we should either have this in one of the remakes. So if we mm. get a remake of Gold and Silver, I want a Legends, a Legends Ho-Oh game, yeah. for instance. I would love to see Kanto put back into that. Or Ooh. I would like to see um, Gunova expanded upon. So now, Unova okay. is obviously the US region. Mm. We have... Um, it's basically only New York, though. Yeah. So I would like to see if we got Black and White 3, another region added onto it. A, a An expanded area. Okay. I like yeah. that idea. They, they are two ideas that I just didn't expect to hear, to be quite, because mm-hmm. the, safe, the safe option is always Kalos is the set. Because of where Kalos is, based on France, it is close to multiple regions. Mm. And I guess the way you could do that is we haven't had a region based on Germany yet. So you could have a Germany region, and then part of that is connected to Kalos. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to go back to Kalos, which is where they could potentially bring in, okay, the the you know elements from the Z remake, or the Z third edition, that we never, unfortunately, got. So while my answer isn't as exciting as Connor's, like... This, that that is my answer. Like I don't know enough about interconnected regions. I guess if if there was going to, like, Galar's another one where I know it's based on like, I still can't tell if it's based on England or Great Britain. I think it's based on Great Britain because like you've got this the snowy peaks because it's almost flipped. So the yeah. capital London is at the bottom, but in the game it's at the at the top. But like we didn't ever really get to see like Wales or Ireland. Yeah. really and i would have liked that to almost be the okay maybe that's what you get if like you get this connected britain and it feels like that'd be a lot easier to do than like oh let's let's remake or create something and then we've also then got to tack on a second region which i feel is quite difficult whereas england and great britain kind of leans itself quite nicely yeah. to that anyway um and then one more question, courtesy of Tony over on YouTube. What's a season or series finale that comes to mind, whether it be the worst or the best? Might want to include spoilers for this one. Have, Ooh, you, got... have you got one off the top of your head? So I'm going to do one that's best and one that's worst. So so best, and I don't mean this is like the best thing ever, but it's one that is absolutely amazing. Is I don't know if you've ever seen it, Ted Lasso on Apple TV. No, it's no. Uh, it's on the list. Good. Get round to watching it because I'd love to know your your thoughts on it. It is like the most positive, optimistic show that I have ever watched. And there is nothing else like it in terms of it. You come out of each episode feeling like a better person and feeling happy and encouraged. And the it was the end of season three. Uh, this week, which is also the series finale, so we're not getting any more Ted Lasso uh, episodes, although there's rumours of a spin-off of some sort. Um, and it just it just wrapped up all the plot threads that it had. It brought, a, brought the story to a satisfying conclusion, and it did it in a way that wasn't left field. It was, wasn't safe either. It was very much a... There were a few bits that you didn't expect, and what I like about it is that, like, no major spoilers, like, all, all the people in that get the ending to their individual stories, but it's not the end of their life. It feels like, okay, I kind of know that even though I'm not going to be watching any more Ted Lasso, I can see where these characters are going to go off and explore their life and 
continued to develop it and and grow, and it just delivered on the whole season premise, the, the whole series premise of like just believe whether or not that's believing yourself, believing things getting better, believing the kindness of people coming through. It's just absolutely amazing. And then in terms of one that is the worst, uh, I, I think, and this is a, a bit of a cop-out answer, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I'm still sore about it several years on, but Game of Thrones, like... Okay. And I know that, like, Game of Thrones, it wasn't just the last episode that, that was kind of terrible, anticlimactic, or whatever. It's the, it's the fact that it just declined so much and then dropped off the edge to the point where it has killed... It just like how do you have something that is so in pop culture and it gets killed off pretty much overnight and no one talks about it, no one mentions it, no one rewatches it. Like I went through a phase of before every new season, I'd rewatch the every season that's come before it. So by the time it got mm-hmm. to like season five, I've I'd watch season one, season one and two, season one, two, three, season one, two, three, four, five. Like so, it, like I'd watched it that much, and then by the end of it, I was just like, I'm checked out. I'm. I'm done. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've got anything. Uh, nothing's leaping out at me. I mean, Scrubs finished. Okay. I like it. It kind of ended up really nicely. Sort of JD walked out and he was done. And then they brought it back and suddenly he's a teacher and there's a new school and they're all students. And I was like, what are we doing here? This is awful. Oh, one of those that they should have ended it. They should have ended it a long, long time ago. Um, Weirdly enough, I don't know why that's the one that sticks out to me. Mm. Um, Because the thing is, a lot of these ones that have like notably terrible endings, like Game of Thrones, like Lost, Mm -hmm. I never watched because I was waiting for them to wrap up. Yes, that's it. And, and then everyone's like, it's not yeah, worth watching. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, yeah. I won't then. So, yeah. Ah, oh, Sherlock. I never finished that because, like, season good. one of Sher- season one of Sherlock was really good. Season two was season two was Moriarty, wasn't it? And then he kind of bakes his own death yeah. at the end. So I was like, okay, that was good. And then season three is when it was just like, everyone was coming, in the year that it was off, everyone was coming up with these, like, how did he survive, like, falling off a building? And, and then very- the first episode back, they just mock all those people for daring to come up with a solution and then don't offer one in response. Yeah, it was literally, yeah, he, he fell onto, like, an inflatable. The, he had hired actors that moved the inflatable. and they, he was like, they, never, they never actually gave us how he survived. They had a guy like obsess over it and come up with a bunch of theories and then mocked him for it and then just left it. So that's not even the final season. The final season is he has like a secret sister who is Moriarty, but isn't, but he forgot her, but he didn't. Garbage. Absolute frigging garbage. Okay. I never watched the final season because like, I don't know what it... I think season three just le- left me a bit like, okay, it's not as good. And season four came out. I wasn't that interested. And then obviously seeing the discourse online, I was like, I'm not going to spend time watching something that I'm probably going to hate. Yeah. As for good final seasons, I mean, I'm big into my animated shows, Gravity Falls. I've never watched you know, that. Watch Gravity I've heard, Falls. I've heard it's good. 
It's phenomenal. Actually phenomenal. And like it goes hard in the last season. Right, okay. Okay. Very, very good. We're for watch. Okay. Anything else? Uh nothing that's springing to mind right now. My apologies. No worries. That's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connie, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. Leave a like. No, as for the God of Our Podcast, you can find <laughs> us on the usual platforms. Search for God of Our Podcast on YouTube or your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya. See ya.